Robinson, and you're listening to Light On, Light Through. And this is episode 11, Almost Walking On Sunshine. Now, I thought in this episode I'd bring the esoteric tone of some of these podcasts down to earth just a little bit with a piece on shoes. That's right. They're very important. We imprison our feet most of the time we're awake in these things, and we might as well make that confinement comfortable, and if we care about fashion, fashionable as well. Now, when I was a kid in the Bronx, and actually I still feel that way right now about both being a kid and I work in the Bronx because I teach at Fordham University, but back then, the height of style and comfort in shoes was Tom McCann. Now, the stores eventually went out of business. I think you can still get their shoes in some places. But truthfully, long before the stores went out of business and closed up shop, I jumped ship and switched to another shoe. This happened after my trip to London in 1976. It was actually my honeymoon. And we discovered their Clark's Wallabies. Now, these shoes were so comfortable that I didn't even care what they looked like. And for a good many years, I was very, very happy with my Clarks. But I don't know if this happens to you, but I find that lots of times when I really like a product, the company withdraws it or goes bankrupt. Now, I don't usually talk much about this because I don't want corporate hitmen to come after me. Wait a minute. What? Good thing they missed, but I'm going to keep doing this podcast anyway. So, products went out of business more than once after I'd come to really enjoy them. It happened to me with Afterbite. This was a great treatment for mosquito bites. And it happened with some kind of delicious sparkler drink that I can't even recall the name of. And, of course, it happened with Wallabies at least in the New York City area a few years ago, because one fine day uh, I went to my usual shoe store and they told me that Clark's Wallabies were no longer being made. They must have found out about me. Well, this actually turned out to be a minor blessing in disguise because the loss of the Wallabies led me to discover Rockport shoes. Now, these can be very expensive, but they do look and feel pretty good. I still have a pair, and I still wear them. But this summer, my son told me about Crocs. Magic. They feel great. They're cheap. They're more comfortable than moccasins, sandals, and therefore any shoes. Now, I know it sounds like a commercial to say this, and hey, maybe I can get the Croc people to buy an expensive ad on this podcast, but I actually feel energized when I'm wearing my Crocs. As a matter of fact, I'm wearing them right now. Do I sound energized? All right, I admit they don't look so hot. But maybe if enough people start wearing them, they'd become the new style. My kids tell me they're already very cool right now. I wear them from time to time to Fordham University. I wore them there today. I teach classes in them. I haven't yet worn them to a meeting with the deans because we haven't yet had any meetings this term, but you know what? I intend to. 
And if anyone looks askance at my Crocs, I can always say I stubbed my toe and had no choice but to wear them. No. I'm going to stand up for my shoes. I'm not going to toe the line for Victorian fashion. Sorry, it looks like my weakness for puns got worse after the James Bond podcast. But I'm not going to be shoehorned into wearing something less comfortable. I'm not going to be stepped to on this. Well, you get the picture. No need to lace it up for you. One of the nice things about Crocs, by the way, is they have no laces. But, all right, let's unlace some of our email. And I got a whole bunch of email last week in response to the podcast on Every Eye's a Camera, Every Ear's a Mic. And uh, one of the more interesting pieces came from Larry Kirchison. Now, Larry is actually a, a great author. He has a book out called Dusk Before Dawn, a great science fiction novel that I highly recommend. And uh, he wrote to me saying that he thinks that someday soon, instead of video search, which we do quite well now, someone will build what Larry calls a video search and destroy. That is, go out and find a picture of me and delete it. So instead of Googling someone, you'll de-Google yourself. And I think this is a very good point. Uh, it is true that technologies always tend to sort of have a seesaw progression. A technology does something, we're happy about it for the most part, then we realize there are things we don't like about it, so we invent a technology that takes care of the problems of the first technology. You know, certainly the history of warfare has been like this. Once upon a time, there were castle walls which were impregnable to just about anything, and then uh, offensive forces brought in cannon, which were able to destroy the castle walls, and so forth and so on. So Larry may be on to something, but it is certainly also true that certainly in the immediate future, we're clearly in this world in which uh, anyone and everyone just about can take a picture or make a recording of anyone else and, and then get it out uh, to YouTube. And let's listen to a little voicemail from Beyond the Pale. Hey, Paul, Mike here, and... Uh if you haven't seen the latest Heroes that came out on November 27th, stop now. My question is, how do you feel about exactly how they handled the whole going back in time thing with Hero going back to try to save the waitress and then, in effect, the show saying, and him actually saying that he couldn't save her, he could not change the past, and yet we know he did change the past because he did things like gave her the book that uh, she was she had when he first allegedly met her and of course he was in the photograph and and so things did change apparently just not the main thing he wanted to change which is one of the ways that a lot of times i see a lot of novels and uh, science fiction go that way where you can go to the past and you can do things but somehow the past is hardwired because it already happened and you going back is already factored into what happens in the future uh, just Wondered if you had any thoughts on that. Of course, I really love the show. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling. It almost sounds like you were somewhere there in time with that phone connection. But I think you really touched on the key ingredient of time travel, what makes it both so fascinating and, and frustrating at the same time. In order for the time travel to be taken seriously in any story, 
there have to be things that are changed in the past. So the example you gave from Heroes where we see the photograph of Hero and the waitress, that's what grabs our interest because it shows that, in fact, if you do go back in time and change something, you'll see the results. But it's also the case that you can't really change anything all that fundamental because if you do, it will unravel the whole reason that the person went back in time in the first place to change that situation. So I knew when that plot was first explored in Heroes that there was going to be something, obviously, that would prevent Hero in the past from saving uh, the waitress's life. In some really fascinating time travel stories, in fact, the very travel to the past causes the problem that the time traveler is trying to prevent. And I thought that Heroes did a middling good job of dealing with it. Uh, It did a better job than many other time travel stories, which don't even go there in the first place. That is, they don't even delve into those paradoxes. But uh, it didn't do as good a job as, say, a movie like 12 Monkeys, which I think is one of the all-time time travel uh, movies. Uh, but I'll s- certainly keep watching, and uh, hopefully they'll deal with this uh, a little more in future episodes. Anyway, it's great to hear from you, Mike. And let me thank you here for that great podcast that you did, the special you did uh, your own Mike Thinks podcast about Thanksgiving. It's well worth listening to uh, for everyone. It's not just a podcast about Thanksgiving. It's a really sensitive, philosophic, in tone podcast about family and their role over the holidays. So I found it very touching and uh, excellent job, Mike. And I'll continue to be one of your most avid listeners. And you can uh, hear Mike on MikeThinks.com. Now, speaking of time travel, there are two other things I should mention. One is, you remember the radio play of the chronology protection case? That was the Mark Shanahan radio play that I was giving away free copies of. Well, I'm in a generous mood, and I still have some MP3 copies. Of course I do. It's very easy (laughs) to make an MP3 copy. So anyone who emails me or calls in with the answer to the question, which is, what is the condiment that was formerly a vegetable that you can see uh, a picture of on the lightonlightthrough.com webpage. Anybody who emails me or calls in with the answer to that, I'll still be happy to send you the full 38-minute rendition of the radio play of the chronology protection case. Now, if you go to lightonlightthrough.com and take a look uh, on the right-hand side of the page, you'll also see a spectacular trailer that Jay Kensinger just did for the movie that he made of the chronology protection case. So uh, this was a movie that was made in 2002, and when Mark Shanahan wrote the radio play, he had already seen the movie and read my novelette. So Jay Kensinger's work is a very important ingredient in the evolution of the chronology protection case case, which started out uh, as a novelette that I wrote, then was made into a low-budget but really excellent movie by Jay Kensinger, and then uh, up until now, the final development has been Mark Shanahan's radio play. But if you want to get a peek at that movie and see a really cool trailer, check out Jay Kensinger's trailer for the chronology protection case. You can find it on lightonlightthrough.com. 
And while we're on the subject of science fiction, let me give you a heads up about something I'm really excited about. A very talented playwright, all-around audio man by the name of Eamon Hassan has two websites. One is called wordpalette.com, and the other is called the Sound Palette. And in both those cases, palette is P-A-L-E-T-T-E dot com. So wordpalette.com and thesoundpalette.com. On both of those websites, beginning around 6 p.m. this Monday, Eastern Standard Time, Eamon will be featuring the first chapter of my time travel novel, The Plot to Save Socrates. On his Word Palette page, you'll find the first chapter of that novel, as well as a special essay that I wrote in which I describe how I came to write The Plot to Save Socrates, what I was trying to do with that novel, what I hope readers will get from it. And then on the soundpalette.com page, you'll find a special reading by me of the first chapter of The Plot to Save Socrates. Now, there's a great audio book of The Plot to Save Socrates done by none other than the very talented Mark Shanahan. It has all the bells and whistles, sound effects, music. It's a great studio production. But I always also enjoy, as a listener, from time to time hearing an author read his or her own work. So if you enjoy that kind of thing uh, and you get a chance to listen to me reading The Plot to Save Socrates, the first chapter of it, and you you can find the link to that on soundpalette.com on Monday. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. How about a little music? This is a song called Mesa, Arizona by Jeffrey Foucault. I found it on Podsafe Music. I'll tell you all about it after you listen. Mexican giant in Mesa, Arizona. Mary band on the jukebox and a now the Corona. And the sun gone down in the pale thin paint. I want to talk to All I can think Is your eyes are full of train smoke And your mouth tastes like rain And I know and I know nothing I'll always know your name You're my one And only one You're my only one Out here working neon lights Where the temperature is falling It's hotel coffee Red-eye flats And honey, I'm your midnight ring of calling And the snow comes down from a desert sky I tell everybody something 
But it's usually goodbye But not you You're my one You're my only one You're the one I want to talk to You're the one I know to call You're the one that's gonna catch me When my pride leads to a fall You're the sky for the starlings And an axe blade shining in the sun You're the angel touched the cold against my lips You're my only one Arizona by Jeffrey Foucault makes me want to take a nice long walk in my Crocs all the way from New York City to Mesa, Arizona. Take about maybe five, ten years to do it. Should be nice. And you can find Mesa, Arizona, the recording on music.podshow.com. You can find all kinds of great songs there. You can find Ebony Moore's Make It Count that I played here last week. And you can get the link, actually, to uh, music.pacho.com. You can find it on my lightonlightthrough.com webpage. 
Meanwhile, uh, I just want to say about Jeffrey Foucault, I, I think that song and that recording is really fine. It sort of sounds to me like Willie Nelson meets the Eagles. It's part of uh, Jeffrey Foucault's Ghost Repeater album. And uh, I've heard a couple of other songs uh, from it. They're also on the uh, Podsafe Music Network. All right, time for our promo suite. We've got Mike Thinks, Podcast Pendulum, Wait a minute, what's that? They're after me again. All right, I'm going to change out of these Crocs. I'm going to put on some sneakers, something I can run fast in, close to the speed of light. But don't worry, I'll be back next week with another episode of Light On, Light Through. And in the meantime, you just sit back, relax, and enjoy. the Mike Thinks podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. Are you a Battlestar Galactica fan? If you are, you need to check out the Combat Information Center. It's available at www.allenlight.com slash galactica. That's www.a-l-a-n-l-i-g-h-t dot com slash Galactica. It's your one-stop source for all things Galactica. Do you enjoy science fiction and fantasy literature? Yeah. Are you interested in trends within the publishing industry? Sure. Then you need to check out the Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing podcast. Really? That's right. Early episodes feature interviews with Ray Bradbury, Paul Levinson, R.A. Salvador, and more. Go to www.adventuresinsci-fi-publishing.blogspot.com. Did you walk out of the Matrix and wonder if you're a battery in a jar? Did you walk out of Daredevil and wonder, what is it like to be a bat? Do you and your friends stay up at night debating good and evil in the Star Wars universe? Does the question of life, the universe, and everything intrigue you? Then open your mind... And tune into the Sci-Fi Show, thescifishow.com, the podcast that examines science fiction, film, TV, and stories, and looks at the deeper questions behind them, and interviews with authors, philosophers, and others. So tune into the Sci-Fi Show, and that's Fi with a PH. Sometimes questions are more powerful than answers. How is this happening? What are they? Why them and not others? In a world where ordinary individuals I was at a bar. I had a beer. Begin to discover their unique abilities. I think I can fly. Ten people from across the nation will chronicle the events as they unfold. I'm gonna be here. Guiding fans from all over the world deeper into the extraordinary lives of heroes. The Ninth, a Heroes Netcast. 
www.heroescast.com. In a world full of hopelessness and despair, only two guys had the power to deliver the world from certain destruction. Nathan and Carlos are Podcast Pendulum. Doing things only a small amount of podcasts had done before them. Only they can save the world. Watch it all unfold at podcastpendulum.podomatic.com. Just one more book, please, sir. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm Andrea. We do a podcast called Just One More Book. A podcast about the children's books we love and why we love them. Because we're crazy about kids' books. This is the best. Three times a week, we go to a coffee shop in our neighborhood, and we bring a children's book that we love from our own collection. We talk about why we love the book and how our daughters experience that book. We interview authors and illustrators. Hey, this is E.B. McHenry. This is Lee Edward Foti. Play listener-submitted reviews. It's my favorite book. Talk about how and where to find great books. They were just so in love with this book. Oh, yeah. They were just hanging off every word. And all the characters, Oh, too. yeah. You can find our podcast at justonemorebook.com. <laughs> I got The Mr. Science Show, your weekly prescription of popular science. We talk about the science you want to hear about in a social context. For more stories and for the podcast, check out mrscienceshow.com. I'm Mark West. Looking forward to seeing you there. Science. Embracing your creative side is a beautiful thing, and no one said you had to limit yourself. Each idea is a shining seed that can grow into something beautiful. I'm Phil Rossi. Join me on the Filling the Page podcast where I explore creativity, short attention spans, and great hair. I'm a musician, a writer, and aspiring author. Tune in as I share my adventures trying to make time for all of it. Subscribe at fillingthepage.blogspot.com. Have you been injured listening to average podcasts? Have you been the victim of pod faders? Have you been fraudulently induced to listen to a podcast that has substandard pod-safe music and a really lame host? Then I urge you to subscribe to The Jersey Todd Show at www.jerseytoddshow.com. When another podcast is responsible for your podcasting injuries, we will work to provide you with the best podcast experience available. Jersey Todd is a real New Jersey lawyer, but has no desire to waste your time talking about the law. Hey, this is Matthew Ebel, and I've been listening to The Jersey Todd Show. With Todd from Jersey. And it's okay. So if you're in an accident or injure yourself at work and you're injured really badly, you should call an ambulance. Chances are the ambulance driver is listening to The Jersey Todd Show. www.jerseytoddshow.com